0: we celebrate what's called open communion. So if you believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you are welcome at this table. He he is a loving God. But there's something so so rich and so amazing in in the fact that Jesus gave his body. So right, so in the word of God it tells us that Jesus at that table he grabbed the bread, and he said, this this is my body. So if you don't believe that Jesus is, is Lord and who he says he is, then why would you want to take in his body, right? So it's kind of that thing. We just want to keep you up where you want to go. But also, if you're questioning about who Jesus is in your life, those are questions that I would love to answer. My phone number is available for anybody who wants it. Uh, I have email, Facebook, all kinds of ways to contact me. If you want to Grow in your faith and just kind of wondering what that looks like, I can be available for that as well. We have a lot of discipleship opportunities here, and that's just going to keep growing. If you're wondering about what to do with your kids during service, um, love them, right? Because your kids running around, as long as they're not like creating this huge thing, like, and you're okay with it. Love them because we have adults getting up six times to go to the bathroom, uh, three times to go get a coffee. So, if our adults don't sit and be still, why are we distracted by our children? Right? I love, I love our kids. Oh, you must have turned this one on. And you're awesome with them, too. We try. Go ahead and turn that. There you go. So, really, you know, why would we? Why would we treat our children any different than we treat our adults? Um, Because God loves the kids. Jesus said multiple times, he said multiple times, bring the children to me. Faith like a child, right? And so there's something so beautiful about sharing something with your kids. Your kids should learn. They should be raised up and brought into a faith because they watch you do it, right? How many of you guys exercise faith perfectly? what? Pshaw, surely you're kidding me. Right, so so these are things, right, because how many of you guys have been, how many of you guys have been scared to death about not being good enough, or, or not being perfect, or not fitting, or not somewhere in your life, and so now we raise up our kids, and they should know that like the imperfections are beautiful things, right, they're, you're okay, let them roll just going to resist because you're pulling right and I ain't got a problem it doesn't it does not bother me at all I promise you that like like I'm not afraid if you don't mind I'm not afraid to pick your kid up and preach with your child in my arms I don't I don't even care like I will I will do that I've done it I've done it many times I'll do it many more times before I'm dead and gone right <laughs> so I love I love your kids and so does the Lord amen so these guys are about to. These guys are about to. Finish handing out communion. They. They walked right by me. Whoa. You know, some people's children. Have to be taught lessons. I'm not afraid to be the teacher either. <laughs> Alex might be big for my knee, but I will make it work somehow. <laughs> I, w- I was once told where there's a will, there's a way. This church is full of corners. Can you imagine Alex standing in the corner? I'm sorry, Pastor Fred. I didn't mean to. <laughs> right? Dev's just blessed that she hasn't been there yet, even though she should have.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right, right, little B.
0: I'm not telling. You guys, you guys worked a, You guys worked out about amongst yourselves. Right. So we worship a, we worship a beautiful God, Amen. Who sent His Son to die on a cross for us. And that's such, such a beautiful thing to think about. And we're going to talk about it a little bit more today and what that means. And but really, truly, to think about if we're to emulate or we're to be like Christ, what did Christ do? What is he saying? Like his life was a sacrifice up until his death. And even in his death, it was a sacrifice. You see, so many of us spend our lives figuring about, what about me, Right? And that self-serving, that thing, and I'm not saying that we can't have it, but in serving, Jesus showed us blessing, right? But we got it backwards somewhere in the world, and it's like we keep striving and striving and striving for us. But, but what happens when my life is fully surrendered to that child right there? To serve that kid and that kid? Oh, and the kids that are holding those kids. What does that look like? then where does my peace and where does my love and where does my joy come from? From the Father. Where did Jesus' love, peace, and joy come from? The Father. You see how we're flipping the script? I pray that we're flipping the script and we're changing things because we have to get to that point where you realize you're not a burden, you're a blessing. Each and every one of you are a blessing to love and to serve. Amen? And so Jesus showed us On the night in which he was betrayed, he took the bread and he blessed it and gave thanks and said, take and eat. This is my body, broken and given for you. And after supper, he took the cup, he blessed it, and he said, take and drink. This is my blood, my blood, the blood of the new covenant shed for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we do that in remembrance of him, but we also sing a song, we call it the doxology. If you look in the pockets behind your seats, you'll see see it in there. If you look in your bulletins, it should be in the bulletins. Multiple ways to catch this, but why do we do it? Because if we don't remember to give thanks to God, then we just become religious. We become religious and it becomes about the law, it becomes about the rules, it becomes about our ability to be perfect. Tell tell Jesus we said hi. Right? Because only Jesus would call in the middle of church. Hey, I got a new message for you, Fred. (laughs) But we sing the doxology. And it's to give thanks to God. It's to give thanks to the Father to always remember that our lives should be surrendered to him. Amen. So if you guys will sing with me, we'll 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 sing the doxology. Ready? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him all creatures here below. Praise him above ye, heavenly hosts. Praise Father Son. so it's such a blessing to celebrate, to celebrate the life, the death, the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ with brothers and sisters who I pray are longing and seeking to know Jesus in a real way. Because you've heard the song, to know me is to love me, (laughs) wrong song, I was singing to something else, but we all know that, right? We all know, so to know Jesus is to love Jesus, because he is so amazing and so loving, and just, he's absolutely incredible, amen? Amen. So we've been studying through the Great Commission. What's the Great Commission? Who could, okay, who else can tell me what it is, and where to find it? There's one popular. Who can tell me? The last verses. Not you, Robert. You're not a who. So yeah, Ellie, you're not a who either. But who else can tell me where this comes from, the great Commission? Yeah, the Great Commission. Why would it be the Great Commission? Why would it be the Great Commission? What do you think? If you were to think about a commission, does anybody know what the commission would be, like what a commission is? If you were commissioned to do something, you would be prepared, you would be blessed to go and do something, right? So I'm commissioned as an officer. I'm commissioned as a non-commissioned officer, I'm commissioned um, as a commander of this, that, or the other. And that is that is somebody in authority blessing me and giving me the authority to do the job given to me. So it's called the Great Commission because Jesus blesses and gives us a command to go forth and make disciples of every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey the Commands, right? So, how cool is that? How cool is that that Jesus would tell us to do that? So, who is it? Who is it that is part of the, the many nations or every nation? Everyone, lottie dotty, everybody, right? And so, we have a job. So, um. Hey, Robert, do you and I hang out with the same people? Have you ever seen me? No, I'm talking to Robert. I thought we were friends. You're so vain. No, believe it or not, as good looking as you are, it's not all about you, buddy. But Robert, we don't hang out with the same people. Shard, do we hang out with the same people? Have you seen me at any of your parties? <laughs> Iris, Iris, before last week, have you ever seen me? So we hang out with different people, right? So isn't it important, isn't it important that we, isn't it important that we recognize that we're all part of the greater body, and then we all have a mission to do. Right? We all have something we can do. We all have a piece of the puzzle that God has commissioned us to do. And that is Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of every nation. So we've been working through that. We've been tearing it apart. We're on week six. Last week we started this, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to us, right? This week we're going to continue it, one more week of this, and then we're going to get into the last three. We started out with nine, we'll probably end up with nine, nine weeks total. So let me pray and we'll get started, all right? So Father, we thank you, Lord, we thank you that you are full of love, you are full of grace, that you are full of peace. That, Father God, uh, you sent your son to die on a cross for us, and then you made us part of your family. You gave us power. You gave us authority. You gave us all these great things. And, Lord, um, we just ask for your presence here today, that you would show us your love, that you would show us exactly what you're trying to show us, Lord. Father. May we be blessed by your presence and blessed by your message. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So, Acts 6. This one's mine, right? Acts 6. 2 to 4 and you may ask why why am I looking it up when it's on the TV? There, I know where it is. That was a relative term you <laughs> wow. Right, it's important it's important that we have that we have a love affair with God and his word. Right. So what happens when you go home and you don't have a clue about where, where in the Bible it is? Where are you going to learn? Where is a safe place for you to learn and grow? If it's not here, then where is it? What's the likelihood of you pushing through to actually try and learn the Bible if we don't start here? What's the likelihood of that? Right? She can pretend. <laughs> all right, so it says, by no means, how can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? So what does that, what does that mean? We've been baptized into his death. Did any of you die? No. Right, there you go. There you go, Mr. Jody. We die to self. And so remember we were talking about a little bit earlier in how we become the body of we're all one body, that Jesus Christ taught us how to sacrifice our entire lives, that we would be a blessing to other people? We get to die to self. And that means our self-serving attitude, our flesh, the things that we desire, the things that we look for, the things that we're constantly trying to do on our own, right? So when I'm of the flesh, then I chase the things of the flesh. Well, what are things of the flesh? What happens when money becomes my biggest motivator in life? What happens when the things of this world become a bigger motivator Right now, we're getting into the economy of failure. Now, we get into this false identity of who we really aren't made to be, but that's who we act to be. So how many of you guys have spent your life? How many of you grew up? Oh, wow. Why does that say acts? It's probably Romans.
1: I did that last week.
0: See how good it is to know your Bible? Yes, Romans, excuse me. <laughs> Even I make mistakes. Isn't that something? Do you know how hard that is? I did it last week, too. It's all good. You know what? I'm doing it for you, Alex. You see, because... What we have to get used to is understanding that we're not perfect. Right. But the grace that you show me is the grace that I show you, is the grace that God gave us, right? We're not trapped in a world of perfection. But we can, we can learn and grow. <laughs> I'll do more, Gooder, honey. Alright, so dying, dying to the flesh, is that, is that a pretty important thing to do? No. Yes. No? Okay, so now I've heard no and yes from you. What do you believe? I believe that uh, dying in the flesh, I guess, is the right thing to do with Why? why would it be important? We kind of gave you a, a little teaser beforehand. Why would it be important to die to flesh? Because Satan is the ruler of this world in the flesh, right? So he kind of guides you in, in ways that are just slightly off. And then what happens? What happens when you feel like you can never get to where you were going, right? So, how many of you guys heard when you were younger, you could do anything that you want to do, just set your mind to it and do it. And next thing you know, you weren't six foot eight and you weren't a, an NBA star. Or you tried out for the choir, and you couldn't carry a tune in a bucket. Right? You can't turn off your- <laughs> Right? But you have to die to self. You have to die to self to be able to overcome those things. Many of us, many of us, or some of us, found ourselves chasing things that weren't actually part of it. They were like this this underlying thing that was there based on false beliefs. So I became a drug addict. I became an alcoholic. I became addicted to all these things that never did me any good. I kept searching for love in all the wrong places, right? Thinking that I had it and then I didn't have it, or acquiring it and then not wanting it. Anybody do that? You get what you think you always dreamed of and then you got there and you're like, well, this ain't what it's supposed to be. Not all things are as they seem, right? And why would that be? Who, who, how would that come to be that you would set your eyes on something and then you get there and you're like, no, thank you. How or why would that be? How or why would that be? Not content. Not content, but where does that, where does that come from? Satan, Satan right? So Satan is putting your eyes on something that is not yours to even get. And, it, and it's shiny. It's a shiny thing. But it's not the best that God has for you. There's something in the death of self. When you die to the flesh and rise to Christ, there's a transfer that comes that's so beautiful and so absolutely amazing but you're not going to get it chasing it on your own power under your own authority so what else does he say so you were baptized into his death we were buried therefore with him in baptism into death why is baptism such a huge part about coming to faith right it even says it in, in, our, in our thing our great commandment our great commission what does it say making disciples baptizing them Why is it so important? Because if we join Jesus in that death, burial, and resurrection, there's certainly a life to come after it. And Jesus showed us that. He showed us the importance of the life to come after that. That there's something so amazing that we're going to receive, that we get. On the other side of that, I've heard story after story after story about people coming up out of the water and just being absolutely and amazingly transformed by it. How many of you guys have ever felt that in the baptism? There's something incredible. There's something absolutely incredible in baptism. And so here we go. We join with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. How many of you guys are struggling with things in life, right? We struggle with these things, but yet where is our walk seriously with the Lord? Do we take our walk seriously? Or do we just go to church and pretend? All right, so does that question make you uncomfortable? If I were to ask you, if you're here to celebrate Jesus or if you're just here because it's the right thing to do, would that question make you uncomfortable? Because for 2,000 years, it seems as though people have just been pretending. Some get it right, absolutely, but certainly many pretend, like just in case this thing is real. But what happens when we actually understand that we join with Jesus in the newness of life? There's something new that comes after. There's some power and some authority that comes so that life can be different. But guess what? You can't can't live in the old life and live in the new life. You have to make a decision. I'm either going to follow Jesus Christ or I'm going to follow the world. I'm either going to follow what I thought was life or I'm going to follow what the Bible tells me. Right? Like, we can't do this thing half-heartedly anymore. It's killing us, and it's killing people in this world. Like, we have a responsibility, which I would consider to be a blessing, to go and preach the gospel just by loving people. But if all I do is to live my life so that I can receive and maybe throw off some scraps here and there, then am I doing any better than I did before? And so I have to come to this point in my brain where I actually understand this. Because in that newness is that power and authority on earth as in heaven. right? I'm given a power and authority, and if I choose to walk in that power and authority, there's this promised newness of life. I used to do a lot of really naughty things. Now I don't do as many. And I work diligently to do less and less and less. And I feel the conviction of Holy Spirit calling me to a better life. But it might not look like it's any better to some people. Some people would say, well, it's boring. Well, have how many of you guys have preached in Africa? How many of you guys have gone to Africa and walked down one of the most dangerous roads in the world as a white man how many of you have walked down that road by yourself and been been lost in the spirit so that you're not in fear but you recognize the blessing as you go now if you think Christianity is boring you're wrong you see because that most dangerous road is called river road and in river road you are you I was the only white guy in the whole place. They call me Mazungu. Mazungu is Swahili for white man. And so here I am walking through this place and there's literally thousands of people jammed into a small little area and we're pushing through and I'm having conversations with people. And it was prophesied over me that, that I would be approached by three women who were of Satan. And I would just cast them aside and say, get behind me, Satan, and they would be gone. And so I walk up, and here's three women. And you could see the devil in their face. You could see it. And I cast them away in the name of Jesus Christ. So if you think that being a Christian is boring, go ahead and walk into Walmart on a mission, on a treasure hunt, where you're looking for people who need to know the joy of the Lord. You don't have to go to Africa. You can go to Walmart. Right? Like, you've seen all the people. Like, they have a whole Facebook page about people in Walmart. Right? Like, like, like y'all, we got to recognize where we're at. And as Henry said earlier, we have a mission field right outside the door. We actually have a mission field in here because some of y'all need to know Jesus for real. Right? And if you don't ever get to the point where you understand that life isn't boring... As a Christian, that life is fulfilled with just absolutely crazy, crazy stuff. And for some of you, you know Jesus, and you know him well. But you're not allowing your faith to drive. You're not allowing the power of the Holy Spirit to actually move you to action. You've felt it. Maybe some of you have become almost dead to the spirit. You haven't recognized it or felt that in a while. And it's time to say, Jesus, I love you. I need you to move in my life. Help me to pay attention, Lord, so that I don't become dead in the spirit and alive in flesh again, but remain dead in flesh and alive in your spirit because God wants to do something in you and through you. Amen? And you are an important part in the gospel, and that, my friends, is not boring. You still get to do a lot of the cool stuff that you did before. You just get to do more. There's some places that you ought to stay out of. There's places that I'm not going. I'm not going there because I'm not strong there. I do not have the authority. It's not my mission to go and preach there. Somebody else can go there, but not me. You see, so life in Christ, this whole newness of life is filled with something so absolutely incredible and amazing. But if you don't ever die to self, how are you ever going to live in Christ? So you're making a choice, Ashley. You're making a choice. Every time we're making a choice whether we're going to live in the old flesh or live in the new life of Christ. Amen? And it makes a difference, and we gotta we got to get there. So that we, too, we, too, we also... So what is Jesus doing? And what is this we, too? Like, we are being... We're being brought in. We are becoming part of something so absolutely incredible. Like if you, read, if you read the stories of Jesus Christ, was his life boring? Was Jesus' life boring? So what about his life do you not want to walk in? He's not boring. So then what stops us? what stops us lies and, lies and fear and and all kinds of silly things but fear only has its place in us when we grant it permission to be there you see we have power and authority given to us as we receive Christ we have power and authority to cast out that fear fear is a liar as the song and the word tell us fear is a liar you need to know who you are and whose you are so that you can walk out in the newness and the fullness. Many of us know Jesus as our Savior and still play the same silly games that we played before, but let me tell you this, so when you start walking and you start reading and you start having a relationship with Jesus Christ, something's going to change inside of you, so if you're looking at your life and you're not seeing any change, you need to ask yourself, am I actually doing what Jesus is calling me to do, or am I simply pacifying an hour and a half time on Sunday mornings because if all you give Jesus is an hour and a half on a Sunday morning or maybe a Saturday night then guess what you ain't there yet but you better check yourself before you wreck yourself because life is passing you by every single moment of every single day and I'm not saying that you're not going to go to heaven I'm just saying you're going to answer some questions when you get there. Like, I gave you this new life. What did you do with it? What did you do with it? Why did you not love the people that I put before you? Here's one for you. Why did you not love yourself? I gave you a new life, and you're so trapped in your old life that you couldn't even love you and do the things that I have for you. Now, either I'm scared or I'm not believing, I'm not walking in faith, I'm not believing God for this new life. I'm not looking through, I'm not looking at life through my spiritual eyes, I'm looking at them through my flesh, my earthly eyes. And I have a set of spiritual eyes that are gonna show me what God is calling me to. And if you'll take a small step, take a small step in that power and authority and recognize that something is new, God is going to rise up with you. He's going to show you something new. He's going to show you that you too can do something more than you ever thought you could. There's a new life waiting for you. Do you want it or do you want the old? Are you tired of being a victim of your past? Do you want to live in the new? Because certainly the devil would love for you to to believe that there is nothing good that can come from you. You are no good. You never will be any good. You never have been any good. And so what do you do? You fall back in fear. And you say, I can't do it. That's called victimization. And how many of us are trapped being victims of our past when God says, I have a new life for you? No longer are you a victim to the old. But praise God that you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You have something new in you. Walk with me. Trust me. Believe me. Let me lead you and guide you into something new. But so often, so often times we say no thank you because we're afraid. We're afraid and we fall back in, but some of us need to make some changes in our life, amen? And God is right there and he's willing to do it with you. Will you let him do it in you? Will you let him do it with you? Or do you want to keep going the way you've been going? Because doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result is insanity. And just because you walk into the church doesn't make you Christian, then it doesn't change your life. You have to have that relationship with the Lord because it's the Lord and his power, his spirit in you that brings something new. Amen. Like you are absolutely incredible. You have power. You have authority to change the things that need changing, but you need to have that relationship. You were perfectly and wonderfully made in the image of God. And somewhere between birth and the point in time when you start making decisions on your own, things got scrambled. Why do I say the kids are welcome in church? Because these little kids need to know that they're blessed. These little kids need to know that no matter what the world seems to throw at you, no matter how many times you think you failed, you are not a failure. You are beautiful. All of us learn things differently, and all of us do things differently, and that doesn't make us a failure just because somebody doesn't see it the same way that you see it, right? But we need to learn to value and love one another. That's power. If you want to demonstrate power, and build somebody up. I double-dog dare you to lift somebody up from the pit and help them get up to where God is calling them to, amen? That's No, because God has that for you. You guys are incredible. You can change lives, radically change lives just by loving somebody. But the enemy wants to tell you, you ain't good enough. Now who are you gonna believe? The choice is yours. Who are you gonna believe? The enemy? Or Jesus Christ? Jesus. He died on the cross for you to show you how loved and how crazy and awesome you are. If that doesn't show you the truth, then what will? What is it going to take? What is it going to take to get beyond the old? What's up? Do you want to come up here with me? Yeah, what you want to do? It's empty. What am I going to do with an empty cup, sweetie? What do you want me to do with that? You want to show that to your mom? Okay, you go show that to your mom. Ain't doing it. All right, Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Well, how do I know what's there? Right, he said so, and it's in this book. It's in this book that it talks about the goodness. How many of you guys would kill For a life filled with peace and joy and love and patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. How many of you would kill for it? Well, let me tell you this. You don't have to kill because someone was killed for it for you. And you've been given the Holy Spirit. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, when you choose to walk in that, you choose to walk in joy and tell the other stuff to go to hell. This price has been paid. Sorry, sucker but you're out, joy is in, love is in, peace is in, patience is in, kindness is in, goodness, gentleness, self-control, all these things that are promised to me, therein. in, you're out, Satan. No more. Amen. Amen? So why is it that we choose that? Why is it that we choose that? You see, because it is a decision. It's a decision when somebody burns my bacon, whether I say thank you for the burnt bacon or whether I say, What are you thinking? Right? What are you thinking giving me that? My wife has eaten some meals. I love cooking, but boy, I've messed some things up, you know, new house, new cook, new stove, new pants, new all that stuff. So sometimes it's my excuse. Shh. And so she eats it and puts on this smile on her face I said, it ain't good. And she like, no, not really. And, and there we eat in misery together. It's a choice. You see, all of these things are a choice. They're a decision that we're making, and, and the choices and the decisions get easier, the greater your relationship with Christ goes. The more you allow Holy Spirit into your life to fill you, Amen? So where Christ is seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. If we walk in him, we shall be rooted in him. And the more firmly we are rooted in him, the more closely we shall walk in him. Rooted and built up. Colossians 2, 6 through 13, and I'm just paraphrasing this. So therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells. Now check this out. And you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God. God made alive together with him. This is, can be hard for us to understand but we are filled with jesus christ when we join with him in that death burial or resurrection when we say jesus christ i know that you came to die on the cross for me that you came to pay for my sins that you washed my sins away that i am white as snow that i am a new creation in you lord when we do that we receive something so beautiful and incredible in us called holy spirit called jesus christ in us that we just have to learn how to shut off the earthly brain and open up the spiritual brain and let Jesus work through us. As it says right here, he is in us who believe in him. As God sent himself to be in Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ sent himself to be in us. There is power in God that gave us what God wanted us to have. Amen? So if I could have the worship team come up here. We'll start praying. And then we'll sing out that last song. And then we're going to have just an absolutely incredible King's Table. Y'all with kids? Amen. Come on down and y'all need a ride whatever. Call your friends, do your thing. But we're going to have a great and incredible King's Table today. It might be the last one out in the parks, but it ain't the last one forever. Amen? Amen. Like We're just getting going. We're just getting started. We turn this town up, up on its ear for the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? that the sick will be healed, the lame will walk, the deaf will hear, the blind will see, right? No longer will meth and crack and hair on have its authority in this town. We are taking over, we are declaring portage to be a city of the living and breathing God Almighty and we will go for it, and we will conquer this thing in the name of Jesus Christ for Jesus Christ for the glory of God because no more, no more, no more. We have the power and the authority to go. So when we say, "Sign up for King's Table," what are you doing? You're signing up to go. You're saying, "Yes, Lord, me, Lord, send me, Lord, send me. Let me go forth to all the nations. Let me go forth. Lord me. Let me go in power and authority, Lord." Amen. Amen. So Father God, we love you and we thank you, Papa. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness, for your beauty, for your grace, for your glory, Lord. We thank you that you go with us, that you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.